This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Here is your guest host, Jane Brown. Have you ever wondered what happens after you drop your prescription off at the pharmacy counter? Filling a prescription entails much more than just counting out the right number of pills. When your pharmacist gets your prescription, it's the start of a detailed process designed to ensure you're getting the right medication in the right dose to meet your health care needs. Billy Chung of our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association joins me now in studio to talk about what goes on behind the counter while you wait to get your prescription filled. And he's also here to take any of your pharmacy-related calls at 416-360-0740 or toll free. 1-866-744-740. Billy, welcome. Yes. Hi, Jane. How are you? I'm good. Let's talk about uh, that process, first of all. When you receive a prescription from a patient, what then happens before it's handed back in the little white bag? Yeah, there's a, there's a ton of things that take place. And I, I think when you stand there and you look at the pharmacy counter, which, by the way, they're not like raised anymore in most cases, right? So yes. They're not standing taller than you are. Oh, um, that's a good point. It is. It's, <laughs> yes. it's been a change over the last number of years, and pharmacies have been uh, on the same pl- uh, same level now in the pharmacy. I think before in the past, you had them higher so you can actually see out and, right. and look ahead, but it's not as big of an issue. The counters are also lower and the shelving's lower, but uh, there's a lot of people back there. And um, depending on the pharmacy you go to, it may not be very clear who's back there as well, right? Because there's a number of different people that play different roles in terms of what happens. Uh, so first off, you should see a pharmacist. They are usually typically fairly um, clearly identified. Sometimes they're in a lab coat and sometimes not. So I'm going to let you know, in some pharmacies, the pharmacist never wears a lab coat. In some pharmacies, the pharmacist is the only one wearing a lab coat. And it's just kind of a philosophical decision in terms of what the pharmacist does. But uh, look for the name tag. But you should at least make sure you identify or know who the pharmacist is. And I think that relationship is very important for people, right? But typically, you're not... Uh handing off your prescription to the pharmacist, you're handing it off to a clerk. And you don't end up discussing with the pharmacist until the end. Isn't that most of the time? That is typical. But what we're actually seeing is that there are some pharmacies now where they're actually putting the pharmacist at the front at intake. And uh, and the reason being, and it it links into the roles, is that um, if there's any problems to be identified, it's actually better to identify it at the beginning of the process versus the end. So um, there's pharmacies now that are working on saying, you know what, let's have the pharmacist at the beginning, uh, when they when they sit down with you, when you're bringing in your prescription, they can review the key information regarding what other medications you may be on. If you haven't been to that pharmacy before, they can look at your profile, look for any types of uh, situations where that uh, any issues with that prescription may be identified ahead of time so that, okay, we don't fill the prescription yet. Maybe the doctor needs to be called. Maybe the insurance company needs to be called, things like that. And then once a the pharmacist approves it, it goes through the rest of the um, uh, activities that goes on in the 
pack in the back of the pharmacy to get the prescription filled uh, much smoother. So there are different things. But yes, you're right. Traditionally, pharmacists at the end, they're counseling you after they've checked everything off, right? For a medication that you haven't taken before, they will have that conversation with you before you pay and before you, <laughs> you leave with the drugs to make sure you take it properly with food, without food, the side effects, yeah, yeah, et cetera. When to take it. Ideally, um, they're counseling you on whether it's a new prescription or something you've taken before as well, because the uh, pharmacist does also have a role in terms of monitoring to make sure, because there's some people who will take a medication, get prescribed by their doctor, say, at their annual appointment, and they may not see their doctor for another year. And so what happens is that the, the healthcare system does rely on that fact that you're going to your pharmacy while the doctor writes maybe three months with three refills is that you're going back to the pharmacy every three months. There's a, at least a contact with another healthcare professional, in this case the pharmacist, that will at least check in on you, see how you're doing, how's your blood pressure going, any changes, any differences, are you experiencing any side effects? And if anything's identified in that point in time, then the pharmacist can then intervene and say, you know what, Let's, is this something more serious? Is this something where we need to say you need to make an appointment back with your doctor? Um, things like that, right? So there is a, a process that takes place. There's lots of regulations, and yes, the pharmacist uh, is required to make sure the counseling happens on the uh, new prescriptions, but they're also required to also monitor and watch out for you on an ongoing basis. And certainly you're giving us the optimal situation of the way a pharmacist would deal with a patient. Yes. Uh, and we want to know from you as well if you've had a good experience, if you've had some challenges with your pharmacist even, uh, and maybe with your drug coverage and and how your pharmacist did or didn't take care of that particular issue or someone else behind the counter. 416 360 one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Let's start with Lynn in Burlington. You have a question for our pharmacist, Lynn. I do. Thank you. Um, I hope you're all having a wonderful day. Thank you. I have a young daughter who's only twenty nine, as well as a young mom who suffers with Gillian Betty. The pharmacist familiar with Gillian Betty syndrome? No. Gillian Betty syndrome. Yes, please. It's a neurological disorder that attacks the immune system. Okay. So she is on a type of morphine. She's on another drug. I'm not going to pronounce it properly. Apabagempentin or something along that line. Okay, probably gabapentin. Sorry? Gabapentin. That's the one. Yeah, okay. (laughs) My question to you would be, something of a topical. I hear a lot of Cerasil, and then I hear of another therapy oil called EcoBrand, and it's made in Singapore. Something topical like that. Do you feel, she's in pain constant, morning, noon, and night. Okay. Would something topical like that be of help to her? You know, it's a it's an interesting question because with neurological pain and, and really any type of pain and the way your body responds to pain, it's it's basically what happens is that you're sending signals from wherever the pain occurs in the body up to your brain and your brain is being told, hey, this hurts, and then that's how you feel pain. So depending, you know, you talked about the uh, the, the morphine and other pain relievers, things like that. Uh, basically what that does is a lot of these pain relievers, what they do is they block that signal from going up to your brain, right, it, or at least 
block some of those signals. And that's how that pain relief helps in, in many cases. The way topical pain relievers work, and there are different types and different forms and things like that. Some of them are medicated, and it's actually absorbed within that area to kind of communicate with your brain directly due to the area that's co uh, contacting it. There's other ones that may not be medicated that would be um, what we would call, another term would be called counter-irritant, where it basically stimulates different nerve endings, and it's almost like a distraction. <laughs> so in other words, instead of your, your brain feeling the normal pain or other pain that it, it, it's used to, it's distracting, it's sensation. Like mm -hmm. if you ever put like menthol or peppermint or things mm -hmm. like that on your mm -hmm. skin, you'll mm -hmm. feel a tingling and a cooling mm -hmm. and things like that. It's a distraction to your brain, right? Your brain's like, oh, I feel something else. And that kind of helps people with that as well. So, I mean, my recommendation is that, yeah, if, you, if you've identified things that may or you've read that helps and, and, and potentially could help her, um, Pull up the name. Go talk to your pharmacist. Doc, talk to your doctor. They can look it up. They can check, especially if it's something from a different country and things like that, at least to see what the ingredients are. Make sure there's no interference or interactions with what she has. And, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. and then if it's safe to do so, yeah, you know what? It, it could be worth a try. Um, it's, those types of medications aren't a cure, but it is something that can help provide some relief. Okay, and what then? is your opinion on Cirocil? Because I hear so much of it. It's tablet as well as topical. Yeah, I'm not that familiar with that okay. one in particular. So I would, again, okay. specifically speak with your uh, pharmacist on pharmacist. that one. Okay, Thank Lynn. you so much, and you have a terrific day. You too. you too. Bye for now. Our producers are telling us that Jillian Barre syndrome is a rapid-onset muscle weakness caused by the immune system damaging the peripheral nervous system. Uh, Initial symptoms are typically yeah. changes in sensation or pain along with muscle weakness beginning in the feet and hands. Yeah, and then that's where you kind of get spreads around. Right, so. right. 416-360-0740. Toll-free 1-866-744-740. Questions for our trusted contributor at the Ontario Pharmacists Association, Billy Chung. Let's go to Joan in Burlington. Hi, Joan. Hi. I was just saying, I have a comment about an experience I had with my pharmacy. I've been taking Mamapril since 2008. Now, I've always been on the little white tablet. Now, when I had a renewal of the prescription, they gave me capsules. So I said to the pharmacist, I don't normally take capsules. Are they the same? She said, no, 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 absolutely no problem. They're exactly the same. However, when I had to go to the Hamilton General just last month, bring all your tablets, uh, all your medications mm -hmm. in the original bottles. So I took them down and I asked them, is there a difference between the capsules and the tablets? I said, I have never had the capsules before, but... I've been, I had to take them. So they took them to their pharmacy and they checked them out and said there is something in it different. And I had had a reaction to this and um, they said, do not take it. Just don't take it. So when I phoned up my pharmacy again, I explained it what had happened and she says, oh. I said, I am fortunate the reaction I had was very mild. So I'm thinking, you know, this could have been a uh, quite a serious situation for me. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. So it's, uh, Joan, an interesting situation. So a, a few things. Um, one of the things, and I, I encourage all the listeners out there, is that whenever you receive a medication from your pharmacist and your pharmacy, if anything looks different, you definitely need to raise it. Okay, you need to raise it and, and say something looks different here. Can you look into this as well? And, and typically your pharmacist will go and check in and make sure because there's lots of different stopgaps. We're talking about the process behind the scenes in the pharmacy. Lots of different checks and balances to make sure you're getting the right medication. Um, but at the end of the day as well, uh, we're all human and you need to make sure if there's 
something else, you before you put anything in your mouth, if it's something you're not used to or different, you need to ask. They're but when all- she told me they were exactly yep. the same, I kind of trusted her. Yep. But what I have learned since, whenever I go to prep, pick up a prescription, I will check it before I take it at the pharmacy. Definitely. You want to check it. Now, there are situations where a medication will be made differently than before. So they could be tablets or capsules, things like that. The key mm-hmm. is what's looking at is looking at the actual active ingredient and if you're getting the same active ingredient because there's different manufacturers and sometimes, and you, you know, the last few years we've been seeing it, manufacturers being out of stock on medications because mm-hmm. they just aren't manufacturing and pharmacies have had to switch providers switch manufacturers and so you may see that it looks different right so Hmm. that's the other situation but um and i i don't know the specifics of your situation here there are cases where in a medication there's not just the actual active drug but there's also what's called excipients those are the fillers and i don't know if you're sensitive to the fillers because that could be something else and you want to make sure that whichever pharmacy you're at they mark down some of the things that maybe have been identified that you may be sensitive to and allergic to because that's another thing you want to keep track of um if possible And then in some circumstances, there may be a situation where there could be a mistake made. And that's where hopefully you're identifying. If the pharmacy doesn't identify it, you bring it up, you're identifying as well. Uh, Because there are some combination medications now. So there could be a medication that has one medication, another one that may have combination two. And uh, and you want to catch those as well. But that may be the situation. I'm glad that you didn't take the tablet and and, and the capsule and that they they did catch it uh, and that the allergy wasn't too... uh, uh, it wasn't too bad, uh, but definitely you're doing the right thing if, if you're well, getting I, it. I do it. do a med checks with them every six months or something. Yes. Look over what I'm allergic to, what I'm not allergic to, but yes. it's not a heck of a lot. Yeah. Well, and that's a really good idea, too. Joan, thanks for your call, is to go over your medications. If you are on a number of meds, review those with your pharmacist anytime, right? Yeah, anytime. Uh, and many pharmacies now do an annual meds check. It's that annual medication review. You sit down. Even if you've been taking things for many, many years, sitting down with your pharmacist once a year to go through everything is beneficial. There might have been some changes. There might have been something new. Your body may be responding differently because your body gets older at the, and, and things change. Right, so there's lots of value in that, and you know it takes about 20 minutes to half an hour, and uh, they it's by appointment. So typically, the pharmacist can have your full attention. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio, heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. And our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association, pharmacist Billy Chung, joining me in studio until the top of the hour, along with your calls. Let's go to Don in St. Mary's. Go ahead, Don. You're on Zoomer Radio. Thank you. How are you folks this morning? Very well. Hi, Don. My question for the pharmacist, what happens and what controls are on the medications that are returned by people for disposal, particularly the narcotics? Yeah, actually, that's a very good question, Don. So a couple of things. Every um, pharmacy in Ontario now, there's a, there's a whole system in place to make sure that medications are disposed of properly. Um, so there's actually a service that all pharmacies are signed up with. Most pharmacies have uh, basically a disposal um, uh, uh contraption that's that's stored in the back of the pharmacy. So when the drugs are brought back in, uh, they basically go to the back and, get, and they get properly disposed of. They get picked up on a regular basis by a uh, professional company that is hired um, 
uh, to destroy the medications. From my understanding, they're incinerated, and that way it doesn't get into the water and things like that. The narcotics is also disposed of, but there is some regulation around the the monitoring and tracking of some of that. So um, some pharmacies may track some of those narcotics before they get disposed of, but uh, they are usually immediately um, uh, what's called oh, I, word escapes my mind right now, but it, it, they are destroyed so they can't, they're not even in tablet form, like they're dissolved and so forth so that they actually can't be reused or, or anything like that either when they're back in the pharmacy before they're picked up as well. Denatured, that's what the name is, mm-hmm. that's the word. Uh, so they're denatured and uh, destroyed and, and so forth as well. So um, there are processes there and it's to, it's to make sure that those drugs don't get into the water. And I'm assuming that was your main concern there, correct? Yeah, okay, that's one of the concerns for sure, and yeah. that they don't get back out onto the street, I guess. Yes, but- so there, there's nothing like there's no provincial law that when those uh, drugs are brought into the pharmacy that they're registered or in in any form within that pharmacy. In terms of like a tracking system and things like yes. that, no, not not uh, that one that exists that uh, I'm aware of at all. So That's typically you um, uh, you. Uh, I, th- I think the trust of the fact that you've got a pharmacist, health professional that oversees it, that is accountable for it, um, yeah, I understand. is right. a reliability there. Now, is there ever diversion? You know what? It's it's our the world we live in, right? So, yeah, of uh, course. Yeah, I, I understand that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thanks, Don. Thank you. Okay. And what about, Billy, um, you go on a medication, you've talked to your pharmacist about the medication, you're experiencing side effects, adverse side effects. Now, is this something you should follow up with your pharmacist on the telephone or go into the pharmacy, or should you go to your doctor to get a different prescription for this for the same ailment or problem? That's a good question, Jane. It, uh, it depends on the side effect, and it really depends on the situation. And typically, uh, what I counsel people on when they get their medication, you tell them some of the key things to be aware of and what to look out for. Um, if it's something that is relatively minor that may go away or is a nuisance, you typically are told by your pharmacist that that's that the, that 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 is the case. Um, and if it's not, then the pharmacist may say, yeah, you call me back and we'll, we'll see what needs to happen with it. And the pharmacist can kind of triage and evaluate whether you need to go back to the doctor or not. There are some side effects which you experience when maybe your pharmacist, pharmacist didn't tell you about it or is very severe. In those situations, hopefully most people will identify saying, okay, I need to see a doctor right away, uh, in, whether it's an emergency situation. If it's not an emergency, you might be able to do the phone call. You might be able to drop in um, and do that. Can you work with the doctor to change the medication to help the patient so they don't have to go back and wait in the doctor's office? That's the purpose of the phone call, right? So uh, again, when you call the pharmacy, if it's a side effect, it's not major or minor. Example being, there's some blood pressure medications that may cause a minor cough. Okay, it's a it's a cough that is well known as a side effect. Some people it doesn't bother. Some people it may bother. And your pharmacist, depending on your relationship with the pharmacist and the pharmacist's relationship with your doctor, may be able to call and say, okay, you know what, this side effect that so and so is experiencing is really bothering them. Um, let's see if we can switch it to something else. Make a recommendation to the doctor. Maybe it'll get the authorization to say, let's try on try try on something else without you having to go back in as well. So it all depends on relationships, what it is, and so forth. Um, and I think the key is to keep the lines open, 
talk to the pharmacist, have a good relationship with your pharmacist. That's also probably critical. If your pharmacist doesn't know you, then they don't necessarily have all the information, then that may not be as simple to do as uh, somebody who knows you well. So certainly you're getting calls from patients. Is is the reverse also true? Will a pharmacist follow up with a patient to see how they're doing yep. on a new medication? Yep. There are um, many pharmacists out there um, who do follow-ups with patients. They may schedule it with you when you're actually getting the medication to tell you, you know what, I'll call you in a week's time to see how you're doing or two weeks depending on the medication um, and you know it uh, really depends on kind of what the needs are right there's certain medications you don't really need to follow up on and patients know to, when to call if needed um, and then there's some pharmacists that go and do more of that 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. Questions or comments, uh, stories that you've had uh, that you'd like to share about your relationship with your pharmacist, with our pharmacist, Billy Chung. Let's go to Earl in Oakville. Hi, Earl. Go ahead. Hi, Billy. I have a second-degree second burn on my forearm, and I have a saline solution that I put on my arm. Should I pat it dry before I put on the flamazine, the cream, before, before I put it on and bandage it up? Um, yeah, you put the saline on, and then uh, what? How, how long do you leave that on? Like, it soothes it for put, you, I'm I assuming. Put the saline solution on, and then Wash I put the cream on afterwards immediately. Should I pat it dry first? Um, with maybe some gauze. If it's too wet, yeah. you might have a challenge with the flamazine cream, right? Yeah, so yeah. you want the flamazine cream to get on there, but uh, some of that moisture for the skin is probably uh, good. Yeah, I put a better. gauze on afterwards after I put yeah. it on. Just be careful what you pat it on, on with, right? Because you don't want to kind of reinfect the area. Um, yeah, yeah. So you got to just be cautious. That's why I'm saying you might want to use a little bit of gauze. So okay, don't have it too you, wet. Billy. No problem. Take care. Thanks, Earl. Thanks for calling in. Let's go to Ida in Mississauga. Ida, you're on Zoomer Radio. Hi. I have a question. Um, obviously, or I wouldn't be calling. <laughs> What's the difference, or is there much difference between Effexor and Sertraline? Uh, two different medications. Yeah. So one's uh, venlafaxine, the other one is sertraline, right? So um, used for similar things, but two different types of medications. Is there a, uh, is it something that you've been prescribed or switched around well, you with? You know what's or? happened? I've been on so many different meds, and none of them are, none of them seem to be working. Yeah. And I'm seeing my doctor in a couple of weeks, and uh, I've heard about Effexor, mm-hmm. and I was going to speak with her about that. Yeah. I could. My pharmacist is great. Like I can speak with him. Yeah. But I would rather speak with my doc first, and see what she has to say. Yeah. I mean, your pharmacist, if you have a good relationship, probably has your whole entire history and all the different things that you've already tried as well, mm-hmm. uh, and can let you know because there's different medications in what we would call probably groupings or classes, mm-hmm. and uh, if one. In one class doesn't work for you, then you may be beneficial to try a different class of medications, right? Yeah, um, we've been kind of screwing around with that, yeah. you know, trying different things. But what about bupropion SR? Yep, bupropion, that's another one. Uh, yeah, you're just, you're, you're listing a lot of different ones, right? These so, are medheads, right? It's... It's hard to. I call them medheads. <laughs> it's it's hard to know how your body will respond best to a certain medication. Different people are, uh, everyone's created differently in terms of your uh-huh. makeup, and so that's probably why um, you're finding a challenge. Is that certain things may not work for you, and certain things may. Uh, certain things may work for you a certain period of time, and then they may need to like switch off because it stops working for you. So, mm-hmm. um, I really I've do encourage. To, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt yeah. you. I've been to. Um, 
a couple of psychiatrists, and that's a waste of time and money in my mind. They're not helpful. You know, I walk in and it's, okay, here's your, how are you? Yeah. Good. Here's your meds. Bye. Yeah. You yeah. know, and it's, uh, you know, I find that very frustrating. Are these I'm the kind not, of... Um, I asked last time I was in to see my dog a couple of weeks ago or three weeks ago or whatever, I asked her about uh, Paxil, and she said, mm, 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 no, I don't like it. <laughs> yep, there's doctors that have different preferences based on their experiences, and what they see is effective and not effective too, right? So, well, I guess my point here is that I think every family has something. Like some people have cancer throughout their family. Mm-hmm. Throughout my family, we're mental. <laughs> okay. Ida, I'm going to let you go um, because I want to get to Connie and Newmarket. I want to make sure everybody gets an opportunity to speak with Billy. But I guess that's the thing, too. You, you, If you have a good relationship with your patients, you can have these types of conversations that Ida wants to talk about. Yeah, exactly. Sit down, go through it. That, that's something that a meds check could help, too, is to sit down with your pharmacist to go through. And pharmacists may come out with an, a, a recommendation. They may identify something, maybe a group that you haven't tried yet either. Okay. Connie in Newmarket, we've got a minute and a bit left. Go ahead. Okay. Hi. Um, I had a very interesting situation with with my pharmacist. When I got my my pills and when I got my bottles home, um, the wrong label was on the wrong pills. I'd never gotten those pills before, but it was labeled like something I would get. And so I phoned up the pharmacy immediately and I said, you know, I'm going to bring these back like right now and so I can get the right ones. When I got to the pharmacy and like it, I'm a hop, skip and a jump from the pharmacy. I was there like in three minutes. He'd gone on his break. Okay. You <laughs> get a break? I, I ended up having to wait and wait and wait for him to come back. Now, to me, if you know that you've made a mistake, I just feel that, you know, it, it, I just think that it was very... Um, um, Unprofessional, unprofessional and yeah. like kind of scary because if I'd been like a real old lady, um, I might not even have caught that. Right, right. Good point. Let's let Billy answer yeah. that before we say goodbye today. Just a clarification. Did that label have your name on it? I'm sorry. I let her go. Oh, she's gone. Okay. So, um, yeah, you know, wrong labels, things like that. Like 99.99% of the time, it's right. Yeah, right? Yes. But there are sometimes it's wrong. Uh, call the pharmacist. I, I agree. If I got a phone call saying, okay, there's a mistake on it, then uh, as a pharmacist, you would usually typically stay and wait because that's probably the number one fear as a pharmacist is yes. a mistake. That, that you get something and, wrong, and you want to rectify it for right. the person. You want right. to make sure the person's safe and not and, and nothing's happened. That's the key piece there. Um, so you know, if if your pharmacist, if you don't like your way your pharmacist works, then you got to find better pharmacists. You got to get right? a different pharmacist. <laughs> You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio, heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio, heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.